Please listen to the following announcements concerning the renumbering of 2021 and 2022 podcasts. This episode was originally published in August of 2022, but it is now being reassigned to December 2022. While listening, please disregard all references to dates. The material itself is still very relevant. Going forward all the earlier issues will be reassigned to the year 2022. In 2023, the format will start with January being issue number one of volume two and each year will only have 10 issues. July and August will be planning and study months. I believe this make this podcast stronger and easier to follow. Your host, WWJTL, from the mountaintop. Well, good afternoon. This is your host to the August 1st, 2022 Mountaintop with Jesus podcast. Well, before we get started, let's have a prayer, and uh, let's ask our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit to teach us anew today and to help us prepare for difficult times that may be ahead, actually, that are ahead. So let's pray together. Father, thank you for this time together again. It's August it's kind of interesting because we are completing one year here at MTWJ, Mountaintop with Jesus, as part of WWJTL.com. I ask the Lord that you'd speak to us through the Holy Spirit today and teach us in the ways that you'd have us to learn and in the ways that you'd have us to go. This is an important podcast because it's discussing how we can use Christian brothers and sisters and help them feel needed, wanted, and help them to contribute to us and our group. And we ask, Lord, that you give us wisdom as we deal with people, all kinds of people that are going to come to us that are our brothers and sisters. Please give us wisdom, Father, and discernment Help us to discern when it's not right to do these things as well as when it's right to include brothers and sisters with different characteristics in our group. I know that's kind of rambling, Lord, but I know that you know what I mean. Thank you, Father, so much. Thank you for blessings of being together in this podcast. In Jesus' name, amen. In the March outline, we have a heading which says, and it's under number five, emotions are often confused with mental capability. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about the difference between physical characteristics that a person may have, how you would address those, emotional characteristics that a person will have and how to address those, and mental characteristics which some individuals may have and how to address those. And the idea of each area that we're addressing is that you can put together either as a whole group or as a leader of a group 
your people to help serve during difficult times. You're going to need everybody you can get to help. But you don't want to try to slam a square peg into a round hole. It may or may not work and probably will take much greater force than you need to. And so we're going to show you how to fit some of your activities to individuals that may want to be part of your group. Recognizing emotional, physical, and mental characteristics that we all have as you interview prospective members of your group is a very valuable asset. And it will help you assign either as a group leader or as a part of a whole group activities to individuals as they come and approach you about being helpful. And especially for those who are your brothers and sisters in Christ and wish to be doing something that the Lord may be calling them to do. Now, volumes can be written about physical, mental, emotional uh, capabilities and processes. The idea of this podcast is to help you simply look at this as a subject, understand a little, and maybe assign it to somebody in your group to study. Or maybe you have a counselor. Maybe you have a mental health worker. The key here is to use the resources that you have in your group to fit the needed activities to the proper individuals. And I want to talk about this because I think quite often people mistake emotional and mental specifically. We'll also cover physical, but I think the physical capabilities or aspects of a person is the easiest to recognize and the easiest to match. But the other two aren't as easy, and we'll discuss those today. Well, the first item that we're going to discuss is the physical aspects or the physical attributes or characteristics of an individual. Think of it as characteristics, not less, not more. All of us have characteristics physically that we battle or we work with or are our assets each day. And so let's talk about some of these. In the outline that I give you in the text portion of today's broadcast or podcast, is blindness. And we look at this and we say, what can a blind person do? So look at what parts of that person's life is developed or enhanced or a part of their activity every day so that they can bring skills to something. So we look at that and we say, well, they're, they're organized, not everybody, and please, these are general things, but, but they're organized and they remember where they put things because if they don't, they can't find them. So they probably have a good memory. They're probably organized. Number two, 
They're used to working in an environment that is organized, and they're in, they know where things are, and they can accomplish things that way. Number three, they may have good hearing. Again, they may not, but a lot of blind people, even if they have reduced hearing, they've learned to use their hearing. Okay, so we look at these three things for that individual, and we say, well, what can they do? We look at environments that may stay the same, and they can function well in because they know the entire environment. For instance, they could do radio listening, and they're in the radio shack. They know where all the radios are. They know what frequencies they cover. Even if they're not transmitters, i.e. licensed, they can listen. And that's going to be a particular asset during a grid down or during an emergency situation for them to listen to the different frequencies and get and gather information. Number two, another environment is the food service environment. And they could work in food service prep, food service cleanup, food service planning. These are environments that stay pretty static. Number three, they could work in dispatching, okay? And that's slightly different than the listening because I'm talking about them taking information from team members and relaying it to other team members. Maybe you have two or three sets of camps or groups and you want to relay information back and forth between those two or three, but your signal isn't strong enough to get from A to C it is strong enough to get from A to B and B to C, and you need something in the middle to dispatch or relay that material. Again, you've got a memory and uh, that can be also recorded, and you've got an environment that the uh, visually impaired or blind person is well familiar with. So that's that one. And we look at the deaf person who might come in your group or a person who is hard of hearing. And you say, well, what can they do? Well, what's their, what is their assets again? What do they bring to you that you may not be as good at or as developed as that particular person? For okay, example, they're very visual. They use their sight, their vision, their awareness of the surroundings around them to uh, gather information to read lips, to look for details. Uh, they're oriented in that manner. And so like the blind person, we say, well, what can they do? And we look at that and we say, well, how about perimeter monitoring? They have six or eight screens in front of them. They're monitoring for persons or unusual activities or things that you instruct them to monitor for. You say, watch out for this. So they become good monitors. They could do rifle range or artillery because, again, uh, they should wear ear covering. Everybody should if they can. But if they can't, it's probably not going to affect more than has been affected, their hearing. 
And so you're not damaging anything, and they're more capable, again, visually watching signals and watching your patterns, watching the, the movements of the individual, maybe the enemy, maybe the friends, paying attention to those kinds of aspects. Again, I hope you realize that these are generalizations. I understand that. I think people in wheelchairs, again, they're, they're probably wide open and things they can do as far as our previous, but they may not be able to move from place to place as quickly just because of the terrain or, or whatever. Certainly couldn't climb a tower, perhaps, and I'm only saying perhaps in the sense of a, a watchtower, but they can certainly do ground and uh, maybe on horseback do perimeter. All I'm saying here is try to fit the individual to some activities that you have. Don't turn them down when the activities will be far greater in their needs to accomplish than the activity givers because you don't want to lose the capabilities of anyone in the situation. And our next section will be emotional and our last section will be mental. The next item here is emotional. Let's talk about that because, again, we'll look at some characteristics. We'll look at some needs they may have, characteristics which may be considered in the assignment of activities. Now, the emotional set of characteristics of a person are the most difficult to identify. And the reason this is, is because emotions are triggered. And they can be triggered by previous experiences of that individual that you're simply not aware of. In some cases, they may not even be aware of it. But some trigger triggers what you would consider an emotion which doesn't fit the situation. And then I would urge you to pray and consider and talk to that person and again try to fit them to situations that do not trigger those emotional responses. And so the difficult thing here is you sometimes don't know what emotional triggers and or responses a person has until they happen. But if you do know, let's talk about this now. So let's say that you do know there's an emotional trigger and response that you need to be aware of. The best thing now that we try to fit this individual into an assignment is try to have them working in an environment which stays relatively the same and stable. They can do anything, but you don't want something to hit that environment, which may be a trigger, which triggers something you may or may not be aware of, and elicits a response that you may or may not be desiring or even aware of. And so 
For the emotional person, an environment which is stable and steady, that's the kind of environment you want this person to be in. Maybe you want an environment internal out of the fighting. Maybe you want an environment that's not decision demanding instantly. Now, that's not to mean a person certainly can't grow into that or through your prayers be healed from something and participate in that kind of decision making. That's certainly possible. But I'm just, again, pointing out some ways that you can match your person to an activity, stable environment. Now, emotional People in a stable environment are intelligent. They are planners. They actually are very organized, many of them. And you can use all of those assets to assign them to activities that will help your group. And so in the next section, we're going to talk about mental characteristics. The next section here is on mental characteristics. Now, unlike emotional characteristics, mental characteristics, which come in all varieties from a mild ability not to do math to a, an ability to only carry out those activities for which they're trained or for which they've had some training in, that, that is a large spectrum of capabilities, and you have to be aware that there's this large spectrum there. I want to look at a little, oh, let's say, midway down that spectrum, and that is where maybe decisions come a little slower, maybe new things that face them need training, and talk about that kind of a person. First of all, let's now look at the assigning of activities to that person. Well, they can be trained, and unlike the emotional individual who deals with those characteristics, they probably will stay true to that training. And so if you train them to do step one, step two, step three. Even if something's going on around them, they're going to carry it out. Step one, step two, step three. And that's the way they were trained. That's the way they were taught. And they stay true to that training as they complete a particular assignment. Again, you have to tailor the assignment to be fairly constant, if possible, and repetitive. And they will be great helpers, great people in that type of an assignment where the work is repetitive, where the work is carried out the same way each time. And again, please realize these are generalizations, but they are things that you need to be aware of when you're assigning them. 
can they make decisions and cut new paths and decide to do something differently? Maybe, maybe not. And that's something that you're going to have to figure out under circumstances and over time. But you will find them to be wonderful, spirited, caring people who really, really want to help. Most people shove them aside and don't include them. They want to be helpful. I've given some examples of each of these in uh, the printed material that's there. So look across your spectrum of activities and assign individuals based on some of these characteristics and needs. In conclusions, I think that most people, especially during a catastrophe, will love to be a part of a group. They'll love to be wanted. And I think that with different characteristics, whether it be physical, emotional, or mental, as we have discussed today, they want to be helpful. They want to have a role. They want to be valued, just like everybody else. And I don't know that you have this in a group, but be very careful that you don't value Rambo more than you uh, value the person who cleans the dishes and makes the kitchen work. Any group has its Rambos and it has its servants, which makes Rambo work or allows Rambo to work to his or her maximum capability. And so it is really important for the life of the group that no one be valued higher than others. Now, should you have a priority maybe for some particular activity for that individual? Yes. But don't value them more. Try to stay away from that. And I think you'll go a long ways toward a work group that will serve you well during your time of need and during your group's time of carrying on life during a difficult time. I hope this has been helpful. Again, I do not wish to generalize in the sense of excluding anyone or anybody who maybe have a characteristic I've mentioned today but operates differently. They want to be included too. But I'm trying to give you an idea of how to fill some of those jobs that you're going to have in your emergency family group. Thank you very much. September will be our second year in the Mountaintop with Jesus broadcast or podcast. And I hope that this has meant a lot to you and helped you in defining and designing your strategy for survival and for group participation, group development, 
and how much you'll need to survive and who ultimately the Lord Jesus Christ is your helper, your guide, and your provider. And that's the important part of what we do here on Mountaintop for Jesus. One more note. I'm sorry this is running late. It has been a busy summer, and this is getting published actually early September. But now things are quieting down, and I hope to catch up and even do some ahead of time. I've got some exciting things about where we're going in the year of 2022 and 2023. Thank you very much. This is your host of Mountaintop with Jesus. Thank you.